0: Welcome to Little Big Circle, where we're little in size and big in conversation. I am your host, Peggy. And I'm your co-host, Juice. Welcome to the show. We have our panel
1: back. So good to have you guys back. We're gonna go around and introduce ourselves real quick before we dive into our topic um, today, which is suicide in the black community. So we're gonna go ahead and let Tessie introduce herself.
2: My name is Tessie and I am coming to you live from North Carolina.
0: All right nice to have you again yes nice to have you tessie marlo great
3: to be here. You. it's your boy and i'm so glad to be on this little big circle show i'm on the west side of the atl show
0: all right nice to have you jamal we love your spirit we love your energy uh so our conversation is very serious today um as you know, we have a lot of uh, suicide going on, not only well, in the black community, but not only in the black community. So um, I'm, I'm not um, knowledgeable about suicidal itself, but I'm, I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to help. And with that, I would like to send this to the panel and Tessie, will you start us first?
2: doesn't doesn't you need to do the disclaimer or the
0: yeah this is a a
1: tough conversation so if there are any young kids or um if you've been in a situation and talking about suicide or listening to it's either a trigger or you're just not able to deal with it we ask that you watch one of our other podcasts yeah um thank you tessie for the reminder all right
2: Digging in. Um. Yes. So I lost my son last March, uh, March of 2019 to suicide. And it has been a really rough year. Like 2020 is not, um, it's like, it's not playing fair. You have all these people going through all this stuff. And then 2020 happens. That just makes everybody go through more stuff. And dealing with suicide is hard. Um. And that's what I have to say to start off. I don't know. Yeah. How old was your son? He was 21. He was um, just a month shy of turning 22. He shot himself in the head at his grandmother's house. Um, his dad's mom. And um, yeah. So it's been really hard on our family. Yeah. So most people don't see
1: suicide coming, especially when it's, um a child or a parent or sibling, were there any signs that you know of that could have said you know anything that r- rang an alarm that this was even
2: a thought in his mind? No, and I think that's yeah. one of the biggest um misconceptions about suicide uh for the most part, and this is just in talking to people like from my support groups that I attend. For the most part there are no signs most of the time when somebody is being suicidal they're they're asking for help and they're not um, they're they're in a very bad place but they're not necessarily you know ready to take that next step and and generally speaking when it happens like a, a lot of people I've talked to with the exception of one but their son had been like trying for a long time and he like just actually completed there's no there's nothing there. Like I had just talked to my son and he had um I talked to him earlier that day and he was upset but it wasn't anything outside of normal twenty one year old upsetness, you know. And so I wish he would have said something or I everybody's like, I wish you know, I wish I could have I wish I could have but there were there were no signs. His friends were like, no, like if it would have been a different point in time, then Maybe, like, there were other days where I would have been worried, but that day that wasn't even a concern.
0: Oh, wow! Oh, wow. Um, okay, welcome, Monique. We're glad to have you on the little big circle and. We're really digging into this conversation. It's really serious and it's heart a heart you know. So, but before we get into that, we would like to introduce you to the uh, the audience. Um, can you tell us where you're from and where you um, your name?
2: My name is Monique Watts, and I'm from Huntsville, Alabama. Awesome. Good to have you, Ms. Monique.
1: good.
0: Good to have you, Monique.
2: Okay, you. so.
1: So Tessie was um, allowing us a little insight into her life over yes. the past year. She lost uh, her son who was a month shy of turning 22 to suicide. Um, no signs, there wasn't like um, any you know any telltale signs that hey today is a, the day that she was going to lose her son. Um, and I think that's a lot of that's what a lot of people experience with their kid commit suicide i had a friend in high school and it was the same thing um great kid like happy just you know the life of the party always would do take his shirt off off his back for somebody else and then we get the news that he took a shotgun and blew his head off and it was just like well you know did he say anything to anybody that what happened what were what what led up to that? Like, you know, you, you ask yourself, what was so bad? How could I have helped? What could I have done? Is there something we could have said? And, and a lot of times um, there's not, you know, we don't, we don't know because we're not in, in their mind. We're not in that moment. It's a lot of vices that are up against, especially these young people. Now there's so many vices that they're up against that we just are unaware of, or maybe we assume, you know, they can handle it. They're, they're
0: adults Adults. on some Mm -hmm. level on some level but and and i i think to piggyback on Judea, i'm thinking um society have a lot to do with that far as um we don't have the tools that we need to help our children in this time um we because see most of our children are not going to talk to us us you know ourselves they want us Reach out, but they don't know how to reach out. And we don't have the tools in the bucket to show them um, how to reach out. Some, uh, and, you know, especially with a black male or something like that, they got that ego. They have an ego that they don't mm-hmm. even, ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm, you know, but in the back, they wanting to, you know, they're not feeling accepted in some situations, you know, and, I don't know no one that I, I don't know nobody that had suicide, but I'm trying to stop whoever's listening to us. That here are some signs that you might uh, catch as a mother, as a father, as an auntie, as an uncle, as a bus driver, as a teacher, to know that this child is going through something. You know, and with that, I'm going to piggyback to, I mean, I'm going to give it to Jamalo as a as a teacher.
3: Man, um, wow. Uh, <clears throat> I think for me, uh, I have, being honest, I have had a, I have dealt with a level of depression where I felt like I couldn't go on. Like literally two years ago, my wife walked out on me and it was over. We had been divorced, but she had finally left. I didn't feel like I could go. Like it was, I was done. I was in a state of depression where I literally would go to school. By the time I finish school, come back home, I put, the, put go up under the cover and wake up the next morning. I was just done with it. Um, I felt as if it was nothing else for me to do like I I was on that that brink I ain't gonna talk nobody um I did have the tools that were in place but I had to get beyond the point of the pride that I had um to get the help like to really holistically get the help um get into some groups and counseling to really hey you gonna make it through this if you got some medicine you gotta take you just gotta take the medicine um we don't necessarily talk about that in our community, to get into therapy, to get into counseling, to, to sit in a, a group, to deal with your issues, your internal struggle. And that, what it kind of boiled down for me, that was an internal struggle for me of having a failed marriage, being in ministry and still having a failed marriage, not being obtained what I really want to attain, going through all these cycles, going through just just life. Life had done a number, like a real number. And it was no more bounce back. It wasn't no, no bounce back. Like, it was easy for me, you lose the car, boom, you can bounce back. You lose the house, you can bounce back. But after that keeps on happening, there's no ba- more bounce back in me. So it was a process and being determined to say, um, looking at the man in the mirror, Jamarlo, you need to get better for you. Not for anybody else. You need to get better for you.
0: Uh, excuse me, Marlo. Can you really huh? speak up? Because the conversation is good, but I can't hardly hear you. I don't know about the panel, but I want this to be heard.
3: Oh, can you hear me now?
0: I can hear you now.
3: Okay. <laughs> okay. What part you didn't hear?
0: You were low. Oh, you was real low in the whole. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, and you are I mean, still low. Is I'm that your like- mic?
3: i'm i'm not even on the mic i'm just using the, the speaker on here can you hear me now How, can everyone hear him
2: yeah it's better when you lean close
3: i got to lean in Okay. Lean in. there you go <laughs> um, yeah but for me i i dealt with um with it um i thought i couldn't go on just being real talk. I thought I couldn't go on. Uh, me and my wife had got divorced, ex-wife got divorced. Um, it was still the, the for me, you were there. I wasn't ready for you to leave, but you were there. And then when you left, I didn't, I felt like I couldn't do it no more. Life was just, it was over. How, how can I live without this person that I've lived with for 14 years? So um, for me, I had to really, deal with who I was. I had to get beyond the place of yeah, this happened, yeah, all this stuff had happened in your marriage, yeah, you lost all this stuff but now you're left with the, with the residue of who you are, the man of who you are. And I had to get beyond the pride and really go out there and get some help. Like real talk, I had to get some help, I had to get involved with some groups that would help me uh with the therapy help me with the counseling help me with the process of being a man dealing with internal struggles and not uh, and just literally just hey one of my one of my um group leaders he told me he said man you are in a pl- place where if you don't start taking some medicine that's gonna be it for you so i literally was on medicine um, antidepressant medication to be able to get me out of the phone. And true enough, I was able to hide it. So I was so well mastered in hiding my depression that I could turn on the smile like that. But the internal struggle was after, when these people don't see me, I'll just go home, turn all the lights off.
1: Wow.
3: but that's when when you are in that state, that mental state, there's dark places, you're able to turn it on. You're you, yes, you are seeking for help and you scream it, but you can't but you're you're not screaming loud enough for people to, to help you.
1: How how does one help? Because um it's almost taboo in our community, in our culture to even talk, let alone go to a counselor yeah. or therapist have would even be on anything for depression right depression is nothing but the devil right that's just go pray just go go pray and yes prayer works but there's something there that we have to work on and we have to be okay with saying hey I am praying and in my praying in my faith in my believing I'm also working with it. right because everybody doesn't have a a person that's going to come to them and or know them that well to say um you know snap out of it or or we just don't know. What what were the words that kind of helped you climb out of that dark place that you were in so that if any of us see someone in there we can say okay let's let's try this tactic. You know, so most people when they don't want to be bothered we kind of put our hands up or you know the smile, the 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 mask that they put on is so well that we just don't know. So, what was the words
0: that you heard that kind of got you out of that? Um, but um, I think Judea is trying to say is that everyone don't have a prayer relationship on this panel. I mean, on in, in the or in the world in yeah. the world that they don't have that prayer uh, relationship and that prayer partner that people will usually say well let's go pray or, or pray about it. A lot of people don't have that today and society is like pushing the prayer out. Period. and the relationship with God out. You know, that's what I think but um but as um Janelle was saying, what signs or what words can we give unto that unspoken child, that unspoken um girl, boy, Woman, man, you know, teacher, police officer, the unspoken. What kind of words should we be looking for? Tessie?
2: I don't think it's words as much as it is. Um, if If you lead someone to believe getting help is bad, then it doesn't matter what words you use. Help, So you're not going to get help. And somebody could give you every word in creation and it's not going to help you because getting help is perceived as being a bad thing. What we have to do is start encouraging people to get help. Depression ain't the devil. It's an issue. And while the devil may be helping to apply pressure to sink you further into your depression, God made therapists. So you should use them. And I think a lot of times what people want to do is pray about it, pray about it, pray about it. But you're praying about it and you don't know how to help yourself. And your prayer partner doesn't have the skills to help you. So you're praying and praying and praying and you're asking God and you're seeking God. And then you just decide I'm about to go be with God instead of going to seek a therapist to get the help that you need to help pull you out of it, going to the support groups, or going to talk to people, or just acknowledging I have a problem. And so maybe these feelings of I don't want to exist anymore are part of that problem. I think I like to use that story of the man and that flood, and it's like it was flooding, and they told him, hey, get out, and he didn't get out, and it was flooding, and they sent a the boat to get him, and he didn't get out, and they sent the helicopter to get him, and he didn't get out, and he finally drowned, and when he got to heaven, he's like, oh, God, why didn't you help me? He's like, well, we told you. I sent you a boat. sent you a helicopter. I sent okay. you all this stuff.
0: Okay, okay.
2: You didn't take advantage of any of it. You know, welcome home. I'm going to give you a hug, but if We don't start encouraging people and not even just kids because kids are going to do what they see adults doing. They're going to do what they see their friends doing. They're going to do what they see entertainers doing like their favorite entertainers and stuff. If we don't start saying getting help is okay, especially in the black community, then people aren't going to get the help they need. And there are some things that maybe you do just prey on it and you feel better. But when you sink deep into a depression, that I, I just is Prayer in itself If you just hold it all in and pray about it You need to get that stuff out If you're choking You need to cough up what you're choking on Depression is like you're choking on just life And how do you get it out if you never talk about it You Because people A lot of times they don't even pray out loud It's like you're just holding it all in And letting it build and build and build And then where does it have to go
1: And I think we use prayer as a um crutch sometimes. It's a crutch. Yeah. I'm just gonna pray, I'm just gonna pray, I'm just gonna pray. Even the Bible says, All right, get up All off right. your knees. You're praying too much. You don't want to pray so much that you're no earthly good. That's right. right. Prayer, when we talk to God, we should talk to him constantly. I should have that open dialogue with him. But then there's there's some times where it's just it's a there's a cutoff valve and it's like someone just cut the valve off and that person can just be sinking. And if the only option is to pray, they're not going to get anywhere because they're not hearing, they're not letting it out. Like you said, it's, they don't even pray out loud. So, So there's no screaming. There's no, you know, the cry for help is literally internal and none of us can even hear
2: it. It's like on mute. Jamala was saying, it's like you're screaming, you're screaming, and you're not screaming loud enough. It's not is you're screaming on mute. Nobody can hear you because you want to hide it. And that's I think, um, like I struggled with depression a long time and just even like growing up, I struggled, I really struggled, and it was always well, you just have an attitude or you just this or you just that. And it wasn't a thing of getting help. And when I finally did, when they said, no, you need to take her to see somebody, it was always an inconvenience and it was always, oh, why do I got to do this? So it just pushed me further and further down because nobody could see I need help. What you're giving me is not enough. I was a child. I didn't know how to say this is what I need, which turned me into an adult who still couldn't express it. My son saved my life and now he's gone. And it's like, so I spend all my time trying to figure out what can I do to help somebody. And I'm just like, if all I can do is help somebody feel a little bit better for a small part of the day, then I feel like he didn't die in vain. I tell people, get help. You see something, get help. Have these hard conversations. Ask the question. Because if you feel like something is going on and you say, hey, what's going on? They say nothing. And you say, oh, well, I asked them and they say Said nothing. Is that really helping? You have to to send links and to send stories and to share your story. Like people ask me about my son, and they always want to be, oh, it's so hard, or whatever. Like, you're trying to tell me it's hard for you to come to me and ask me a question. My son is dead. Right. So okay. it's harder for me than whatever you're saying. But if you come to me, I'm still gonna say it because I want to you didn't know what I feel would have helped my son is for him to be around people that said, Hey man, going to see a therapist ain't bad. That's what I think would have helped him because I really think that what he needed was to talk to somebody about what was going on about his issues, about all the trauma he was carrying from a child. Um, I know in a previous episode, Jamarlo has said when he finally met his dad, things clicked for him there was some things that clicked for him and people don't understand that these relationships with parents, with friends, they all work together to create who you are as a person. And when there's something missing, if somebody's desiring something, you can't give them, what else can you give them to help them fill that void so that they can process it or something?
0: Oh, wow. That was
2: good. Um, Monique, you want to chime in? Unmute yourself. Okay. I was saying I never experienced, uh, you know, this situation or don't know anybody, you know, personally. But, um, you know, it's just a serious conversation and I'm just being enlightened and taking in, you know, what can be done in just helpful situations, you know, in case I have somebody who I see the signs with. So I think this is a very important topic. And um, I appreciate you guys doing this topic, you know, and like I said, I'm just taking it in and, you know, so if I find anybody that has any of these signs or whatever, I can try to help them too.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Kathy would be uh, probably a good resource
0: because she's living it. Yes,
3: yes. Let me drop uh, in something. All right, All right, Jamalo. Um, one of the signs is definitely body language. Um, Okay. Our nonverbal communication speaks a lot for us. Um, when we are nonverbal, if people know you, um, they can be able to pick up on those nonverbal cues that you are doing. Um, if they don't know you, it just looks like, oh, he's having a bad day or she's having a bad day. But um, those nonverbals are so important. But that, that has everything to do, um, us as people, Black people, we have to be able to let people in to know us. We have to let go of the pride and let some folks in. Um, because true enough, we may have let the wrong people in, and to, we tore the gate down, let them in, and they messed up over us. And now we can get to a new space, and we got a wall up. And... Uh, once you become into new spaces with new people, those people can be the people that can really take you to the next level and when they're taking you to to the next level they can provide healing for you they can provide a source of community for you they can provide resources for you. so when they they are being able to pick up on those nonverbal cues um hey man you need to go see somebody. hey you want to be a part of this group or hey if you feel like talking because you need somebody to talk to that's not going to give their opinion they're just going to be that sounding board you just want somebody you everybody in the world want to be heard they don't always want advice they just want to be heard to get it out because true enough in some spaces we were silenced as a child
0: We can't hear you. There we go. (laughs) Oh,
3: Jesus. Oh,
0: God. You know that devil, man. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) Oh, anyway, to that quote with um, children being seen and not heard has been a pivotal quote for our community and with that quote we have silenced a lot of people they have took on the internal struggles of trauma be it molestation rape whatever abuse whatever because they were told to be silent and just to be seen now they get to adulthood and they don't know what to do with their life
2: right
3: nobody gave them anything to hey man you need to release you need to talk to somebody school counselor Teacher, trust somebody with what you got going on so you can be better. I hope y'all heard that.
0: We did, um, oh man, this conversation is such a joy and knowing about suicide. Um, but as you know, it's that time. It is that time. It's <laughs> time for us to do our bet you didn't know questions. And this time I'm gonna Throw it back to you. I want you to. I'm gonna say who you are, and you tell me what your bet. You bet you didn't know. Question is. All right, go ahead, Monique. I was gonna say, don't pick me because look, I didn't give. No, so, you, do you do you give yes. a what? Monique, just say I bet you didn't know what. Oh, just to, um. Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) I bet you didn't know I'm getting
2: ready to turn 50.
0: (laughs) Wow. We didn't know that. (laughs) All right, Tessie.
2: I bet you didn't know I drove to Toronto once.
0: (laughs) From where?
2: From Ohio,
3: not from Vegas.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Go ahead, um, Marlo.
3: I bet you didn't know. I'm finishing my first book. Ooh.
2: <laughs> first one. Exciting.
3: Your first, first book.
2: book you yeah, yeah. My first okay. book. Probably okay. gonna be my only book. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I bet you didn't know I broke my nose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't I jumped off a patio with my bike. Ooh! Wow! <laughs> uh, I bet you didn't know that I was a caregiver.
2: Yeah. I think everybody knew that one. Yeah. Uh, um. <laughs>
0: everybody out there don't know that. You, you might look know like that. you give care. You look like a caregiver. Oh, you thank do. you. <laughs> I'm just <a> saying. <laughs> uh okay look thank you for joining us on this uh on, on little big circle show and i appreciate you and i also use our awesome panel always awesome uh, we love you in the audience we love you we we offer you to come and um put your comments down below or either um email um Email the show. Email the show mm-hmm. and tell us what you think about it and give us some feedback. And not only that, maybe we will have one of your uh, questions that you want to ask the public on our show. And we thank you for joining us once again. Do you have any last week? You guys are
1: great. Testy, thank you so
0: much for sharing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Me, yes, and until we meet again. Peace.